How privileged I am today to bring to us the word of the Lord. We're turning to Isaiah chapter 57. We're going to read one verse of scripture, verse 15. The high and lofty one lives forever, and his name is holy. This is what he says. I live in a high and holy place, but I am with those who are crushed and humble. I will renew the spirit of those who are humble and the courage of those who are crushed. In life, we often find ourselves wishing we could escape troubles. We often find ourselves wishing we could escape the pain of grief, loss, sorrow, and failure, or even the small daily frustrations that can wear us down. And yet, if we were to be honest, it is in such times, if we turn to God, that we most often encounter His presence, His sustaining grace. For God promises to be near those who are crushed and humble. He promises to be our source of power and of strength and of wisdom, helping us walk through life regardless of what we face. Now, from the outset, understand this. The word that Isaiah used in describing believers as crushed or contrite in spirit, it does not indicate depression or despair, but rather it is a statement of their ongoing attitude of repentance and brokenness before God, their, their soul dependence upon God. Therefore, when life happens and things get chaotic, don't get frustrated with God. Instead, admit your need. You need His help and thank Him for being by your side. Let Him do what He loves to do and that's renew. Let him renew your hope. Let him renew your determination, your confidence, and your boldness. Today, part three of courage renewed. Courage renewed. I read this week of a test conducted some years ago by a university where 10 students were placed in a room. And on a blackboard in front of them, an instructor, he drew three lines of varying length. The students were told to raise their hands when the instructor pointed to the longest line. But nine of the students, nine of them had been instructed beforehand to raise their hands when the instructor pointed to the second longest line. One student out of the 10 was not informed. The usual reaction of the one student was to immediately put his hand up when the instructor pointed to the longest line. Look around, and realizing he was all alone, pull it back down. This happens 75% of the time with students from primary school all the way through high school. The courage to stand alone, knowing and holding forth the right answer was lost by 75% of the students because of others' wrong opinions and reactions. Most interestingly, the researchers found and concluded that many of the students would rather be president of their class than to be right. The word courage, the word courage means determined. It means bold, to strengthen or temper one's attitude. It means to be full of hope, 
and confidence. I believe courage is one of the greatest needs of the church of Jesus Christ in this dark hour in which we live because this dark hour is growing ever darker. And for us here at Nairobi Lighthouse, 2021 is a year of renewal. And we're learning important lessons on how to have our courage renewed. The first being, number one, call to mind, call to mind your position. Put yourself in remembrance that by being in Christ, you are forgiven, you are redeemed, you are accepted, you are saved, and you are victorious. According to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, you are seated together in heavenly places with Christ. That's your position. Listen, you were born for courage when you were born again. So invite the Holy Spirit to renew you daily in the knowledge of who Jesus is and your place with Him. Secondly, choose courage. Choose courage based on your conviction. We learned this last week. Choose courage based on your conviction. You see, courage is a choice. It's an act of the will that springs forth from conviction. We learned last week in the equation, will plus action rooted in conviction equals courage. Now today, from this 57th chapter of the book of Isaiah, from where we drew our text in verse 15, from this chapter, the prophet is prophesying of a time when Israel would be banished from their homeland. And this, of course, transpired in the Babylonian exile from 597 to 538 B.C. Now, it's hard to imagine, but while the nation of Israel were in exile, practically the entire nation, except for a remnant of the righteous, the entire nation, except for this remnant, would engage in false religious practices picked up from the pagans and the paganistic practices, the pagans of those living around them. Isaiah identifies several of the evil practices of the Israelites, the first being sorcery. You go through this 57th chapter and you begin to read of sorcery and cultic prostitution. False worship centers would be set up on hillsides so the people could imagine themselves closer to their gods. We read of the worship of Molech, which included child sacrifice. This is happening among the nation, God's covenant people. Instead of writing the law of God on the post of their doors, according to Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 9, they would hang idolatrous symbols behind their doors and engage in debauchery. Amazingly, instead of giving up on their wicked ways and turning back to God, listen to what verse 10 says from the Amplified in Isaiah 57. You were wearied with the length of your way in trying to find rest and satisfaction in alliances apart from God. Yet you did not say there is no result or profit. You found quickened strength. Therefore, you were not faint or heartsick or penitent. Listen to that. You found quickened 
strength. God's word says, the God's word translation says, you found renewed strength. Therefore, you were not faint or heart sick or penitent. Church, this is renewal gone wrong right here. This is renewal gone wrong because they renewed their strength to continue defying God and living in sin. All except the few righteous who remained faithful. And it was to them, these faithful ones in exile, that God said in verse 15, I am with those who are crushed. I am with those who are broken. I am with those who are repentant and humble. I will renew the spirit of those who are humble and the courage of those who are crushed. It was the righteous who refused to open themselves up to be influenced or swayed by the evil voices and the evil practices around them. Rather, they would fall on their faces before God, broken in repentance for their sins and for those of the captives. Because of this, God promised to renew their spirit and to renew their courage. Now here's the takeaway for us today. To be renewed in courage. Number three, censor your input. Censor your input. Like Israel held captive in a practicing pagan nation, we too are surrounded by godlessness and perversity. New levels of wickedness being created and coming onto the scene. And it takes a courageous believer to live in the midst of it uninterested, uninvolved, and thus unscathed by it. Listen to me carefully. All these vices, they seek entrance into our life through one gate, through one gate, and that's the mind. What you see, what you read, watch, what you hear, it all ends up in one place. That's the mind. This is why it is imperative to carefully censor what you allow to go into the mind. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, the renewal of the mind to God's word and God's ways is what keeps us from conforming to the world. In fact, a healthy mind is absolutely essential for a believer to live courageously in a fallen world. As one's mind keeps on being made new by the spiritual input of God's word and prayer and fellowship with other believers, our lifestyle keeps on being transformed. Now, I want you to notice this word testing. It says that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. This word testing means to examine by fire, to examine by fire, tried as metals by fire and thus approved. It means to investigate. Oh, church, why don't you allow the fire of the Holy Spirit to test and examine and investigate the thoughts that seek entrance into your mind. Let the Holy Spirit approve your thought life. Let him stand at the gate of your mind to help you keep it closed to thoughts which rob you of strength and of courage. I finish with Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 from the J.B. Phillips translation. Here is a last piece of advice. If you believe in goodness and if you value 
the approval of God? Fix your mind on the things which are holy and right and pure and beautiful and good. Model conduct on what you have learned from me, on what I have told you and shown you, and you will find the God of peace will be with you. Come on, let's censor our input. Let's censor it so that God's word imparted by the Holy Spirit becomes not just something that we read, but literally is what we live by each and every day. And for sure, our courage will be renewed. And all the church said, amen.